Hey guys, welcome to episode number five from Online with Amr, the Internet Guy. I'm so excited with this episode and I'm sure you'll enjoy it because I have with me Josh Hall from joshhall.co. He's the Yoda of Divi. He's a YouTuber, web design teacher, elegant themes, blog author, and of course, he is also a coach for many other web designers around the globe. So Josh and I will be discussing why do web designers have a reputation? Uh, we've both discovered this by chance that, you know, sometimes people who are not in web design think that web designers are aloof or, uh, I don't know, unfriendly or something like that. So in this episode, Josh and I discuss this and what can we do as web designers to change this reputation positively and also what do you do as a business owner when you want some help with your website? How would you choose the best fit for your project or the best fit for you? So how do you go about finding out the best web designer that will make your project a success and also somebody who will be fun to work with on the long run? So without further ado, let's get in. Hey, Josh, how's it going? Doing great, Amr. Thanks for having me on, man. Oh, it's a, it's a great honor to have you on my, like, you know, uh, well, this is episode number five, uh, but, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking more on your podcast or mine. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I'm on I'm on 70 now, so it's been a year wow. journey. Uh, but, man, it's been awesome. I'm excited for you. A roller coaster. It is real. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, uh, the cool thing about a podcast is you can control, you do whatever the heck you want to do. So yeah. I know we, the last, when you were on my podcast, we talked about you launching yours. So when I saw yours come to life here, I was pumped for you, man. I'm excited for you and then what you're going to bring. Cause you have so much knowledge to give to everybody. So I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, like I, the funny part is I know what I'm doing for the next three episodes, which is good to plan ahead and I what I'm doing I record two a week and only release one now so Perfect. at least I have this week and then next week's done this week if, if that makes sense <laughs> well pretty soon so I I'm actually two and a half months out now wow so you'll That's get to that great. point if you if you keep at that you'll you'll get to that to where you can stock them up and then and have some time to to batch record those and everything. Yeah, so, that's a great advice yeah. for anyone, you know, wishing to start a podcast or a series of videos. Just do them, record them in advance because if you wait to do your once a week, you'd be under tremendous pressure. So yeah, at least so have three, <laughs> two, yes, three. at least have a few and then, and then have, because uh, listeners, they want consistency. So if they never know when you're going to post, it's going to be hard to have consistent listeners. So if they know... You know, Amherst podcast is coming out on Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever it comes out. It's going to help build the show. Perfect. And Josh, today I wanted to ask you about something, but let me give you the story first. So my last episode was with a business owner, a master holistic healer from British Columbia here. And we were discussing how she did her website. Uh, basically, I wanted to connect with business owners who kind of designed their website themselves or they were the project manager, like they may have gotten some help, but it wasn't done initially or fully done by a web designer. And she was telling me that the first iteration, she has three iterations. The last one is the one, of course, the one that she likes the most. 
But you said that the first iteration, she had a horrible experience with the agency or the people who were supposed to mm. do it for her. And that was what prompted her to actually take matters in her, her own hands. And it got me thinking, like, do web designers have a reputation? Like, are we outside of our industry? Are we looked at as, I don't know, snobby people or something? I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah, I think for the most part. Yeah, the the cool thing is with any challenge, there's some sort of solution and there's an opportunity there. So while yes, most web designers do have that mantra, if you are somebody who is likable and trustworthy and you do a really good job, you are going to make a good living at doing web design because you will separate yourself immediately from other people. And I found that as a freelancer, I did freelance for 10 years and grew my agency. And the way I did that was not by a bunch of marketing and being the biggest in my city. It was one client at a time and I just did really good and I worked really hard and I really cared about my clients. And that just started the referral train for me. So it actually, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a problem for web designers that if, if you aren't that web designer, you're, you're going to be set. Yeah, I mean, I look, I had some questions written in certain order, but since you went there, so I'll give you the last question first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so because, okay, how would a business owner who wants to have their website how would they be able to find the right fit for them? Like the best designer for what they want to do, uh, somebody who can work the way they want to work and, and things like that. Because in, generally what I see people do, and, and certainly this echoes when I send proposals and stuff like this, people usually go to your website. So their research, the research from in the customer's mind, they go to your website, they look at your portfolio, they have like a, a quick look at some of your projects and maybe ask you for a proposal and look at the pricing, but there's no way for them to know what's working with you like. So how yeah. can we, what, what advice can we tell them on how That's to select a, their, their designer? Great. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. From, so from the client perspective, there's, there's kind of two aspects to it. There's the technical side. So you want to make sure whether it's a solopreneur, a freelancer, or an agency, you want to make sure that technically they can do what you want to do with your project and that they're well suited for it. Also, you want to make sure that, you know, if you just have a, an easy type of brochure style site that doesn't need a whole lot of functionality, you probably don't need to go the agency route. You can just have a, yeah. a freelancer that you know, like, and trust. Whereas if you're doing a big e-commerce shop and you're going to need support often, and you know, it's going to be a really big piece to your business. Solopreneurs, some there are some who are advanced can be a good fit, but you also may want a small team or a, a small agency type of, of fit for that. Um, so there are there's the technical side, but then like you said, there's the personal side. Um, and the big thing that I always have told my clients from day one, and I realized this, I recognize this early on, is that a web design experience is not just a one and done quick thing. It's a relationship that lasts a long long time. Uh, whether you like it or not, you when when you work with somebody as a web designer or an agency, they're going to be your web person or your web guy or gal for a very long time. Even if you're not on their maintenance plan or hosting, clients are always reaching back to the web designer because there's bugs, there's issues, there's tweaks, there's fixes, there's ongoing work. So I tell all my web design students that it's a, it's kind of a selling point in a way that you want to tell clients 
I am there for the long haul, and this is not a quick one and done service. Even if again, even if a client disappears for a few years and then they get a new uh, marketing director, yeah, and they're like, "Well, who did the site?" And then they were like, "I think it was." like Jeremy or Jim or Josh or somebody from three years ago, like you're going to hear from the clients at some point. So uh, from the client perspective, you just have to have that mindset. It's not a quick one and done service. It's not like hiring a carpenter to come in and do some work on your house. And that's it. Cause you're not going to likely be talking to the carpenter over and over and over again for years down the road. It is a very, it's a deep personal relationship, but it, it is a relationship. So uh, the technical side is big, but you also do want to just get a feel for them as a person, which you'll get a feel for them on their website that you should. You should get a feel yeah. for what they're like, what the kind of clients they're suited for. You can really get a feel for them with their testimonials and reviews. So look at Google reviews, look at their testimonials, see if you can get a feel for the testimonials if they're like, you know, kind of fake or if they're like genuine. And you, and you can tell, you trust your gut as yeah. far as that. You can also do a little research on your own. Like if you're thinking about working with somebody, you could reach out to some of their clients on their portfolio and just ask them, like, what did you, you know, can you give, That's give a us great an idea. honest opinion? Yeah. Give us an honest opinion on, on what's like working with them. We would, we, you know, we're thinking about them. We'd really value that. And if they had a really good experience, they'll be like, oh my gosh. Ammer and his team, they were awesome. He's like the nicest guy. He really helped us out. Then that's a hot lead. You got him right there. So uh, there's no shame in doing that. And there's absolutely no shame in looking at a bunch of different people because it is, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a long relationship that you're starting. That's a great advice because uh, many business owners, especially solopreneurs, when they're starting out, they decide that cost is their decider. And then they could end up having a totally horrible experience and it's not just because they wanted to save some bucks, but it's also because they didn't do the research. They just looked at, okay, out of the three proposals or the three people that are approached, who will cost me less? And, and also, there's another issue. Sometimes it's not cost. Sometimes it's speed. Like yes. you think you want to have your website up and running in two weeks, but you got to think, like what kind of good work can be done in two weeks? Because you need to remember the web designer is not your employee. Like it's these people like us, we are these people. <laughs> they're not working right. solely for you. They will give you their undivided attention while they're working on your stuff, but they still have 10 other things during their day to day. And, you know, so you may look at it from a business owner perspective as yeah, this my project takes 30 hours. Like, why do you need more than one week? You could do right, your 30 yeah. hours in one week, right? <laughs> Not the way it works. Yeah. So there's yeah, the big thing is I think the overarching point is who is ever happy with getting the cheapest product possible? Like in in anything in life. Have you yeah. ever bought something that is the cheapest and be like, man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I went with the cheapest vacuum I could find because <laughs> it doesn't it only suck. worked for two months. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it sucks, and then but it doesn't suck. It sucks, <laughs> but it doesn't suck. Yeah. Um, so the rule of thumb is in any industry, but particularly in web design, it's you get two out of three. Cheap, fast, or quality. Yeah. Meaning if it's if you want it fast and cheap, it's not gonna be quality. If yeah. you want it cheap and quality, it's not going it to be fast. And if you want it fast and quality, it ain't going to be, be cheap. cheap. So you really do have to pick your poison uh, between all between those three. The, the, you get two out of three. And it makes sense if you think about or any clients listening to this and have had experiences with web designers, put all of those scenarios in front of you and you've likely seen each one of those. So 
uh, yeah, it can it can be tricky. But the thing is, I mean, I understand budget. Their budgets are real, and clients don't always have a huge budget. But it is just one of those things where you get what you pay for. So um, there's also no shame in. Like if you want to start a website as kind of a phase one, maybe you want to build your business yes. first, you can absolutely work with somebody who's maybe newer into web design and somebody who's like a freelancer who's on the beginning end. As long as you know, like, and trust them and you feel like they're going to work really hard, even though your website may not be the best amazing thing right away, it could still be a good starting point and then you can build from that. So I would definitely have that phased approach. Start small feel good about what you have in place right now. And then you can build to that amazing $10,000, $20,000, really professional website type of thing. That's a great advice because like when you, when you meet with business owners, sometimes they want everything at once. And, and it, if you're not, if you're not experienced, <laughs> you can probably take on too much work than what you can deliver on and get your customers angry because yeah. it, it's not, it, it's below the, what they expected, but the 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 key in this, I think, is just to have an honest conversation uh, with your client and tell them, like, don't be afraid. You're the expert. You're brought in as the expert. So you should be able to tell them what works and what doesn't. So if they come to you and from the get-go, they want to have a membership website and they want to have uh, 10 payment gateways on, like, why would you need 10 payment gateways? Like you probably just need one PayPal and one that takes credit cards. If you don't want to use PayPal to take credit cards, that's it. Like you don't need 10. Um, if you say a membership, like many, I get approached a lot, for, you know, from prospect clients who want to do memberships, but they don't have any content yet that they want to lock behind that membership site. Mm. So what is the point? Just have phase one, a regular website without the membership part. It's you'll have it faster, like in comparison, and it's not going to cost you that much. Then once you have some content that you feel like, hey, here's the content that I think people would pay to access, come back and like, you know, I mean, I don't exactly. want to oversimplify it and say it's just a plugin, but like <laughs> there's a lot it, of it, setup and configuration in it yeah. and how it works, but it's an addition that's not going to take as long as the initial iteration of the website took because the branding is there already. Yeah, phases are the way to go. And also with that point, from the web designer perspective and from the client perspective, you also want to make sure the web designer is, is going to be competent in those areas or they even just do those services. So I had clients years ago that would always be like, oh, you know, now that you did our website, we want you to do our social media and SEO and all this other stuff. And I was like, you know what? All I do at that time was just web design basic e-commerce and some print work. At that time, I didn't do SEO, didn't do social media. I never did social media. So I was very honest about what I did and what I didn't do. So that needs to be talked about as well, because if you're on a budget and you want to just get your website built, you likely find a web designer who could be a good fit at a lower price range. Um, but then if you still have these other needs for additional phases, maybe they know somebody who would be a good fit or they're going to partner with somebody. So that's definitely the approach to have and just make sure whoever you're going to choose is going to be a good fit for right now and for the long run. I have a lot of, not a lot, but like a few videos and articles about SEO because I'm trying to educate the solopreneur specifically because uh, it, it seems to be my circle. And of course, they are the people who I want to help the most. And they're the people who I meet 
you know, when I go to events and stuff like that. And in most cases, many of them that just get attracted by the shiny ads that you get on, on Facebook and other places yeah. the or the spam emails. Like, successful SEO <laughs> for 99 a month. Yeah. And it's like many of them just jump on it. And, oh, yeah, 99 a month. That's, that's not bad. Like, that's a good budget. And I'm going to be on the first page of Google. And like, they realize after three, four months, their phone isn't ringing as much as they thought it will, or they're not getting those emails from their website. They just have some ads that they're not even targeted to that, to their prospect, you know, uh, prospective clients. Yeah. And I keep like hammering that point all the time. It's like, guys, okay, let's even assume that your SEO endeavor works, right? Is your website ready for that traffic? It's kind of like, inviting people for lunch without having anything to cook. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a great analogy. Yeah. So like people will turn up, like they come to your website, but your website isn't equipped to deal with this traffic or convert it in any way. Like yeah. you probably don't have a clear call to action or uh, a lead magnet, something that a user can download or. And that's a, that's a good point too. A lot of companies make the mistake of investing in SEO and marketing first before they actually really invest in their website. Because if you send all your traffic to a place that's terrible, just like you said, Emmer, it's not going to convert. It's you're wasting money because yeah. you're just investing all the stuff in something that isn't going to convert. So you need to start with something that's going to convert. You have a good design website that's functional. You can test it out. See how it does on 10 people. If you go to a networking event or you have some sort of ad in your circle or, or professional or personal network and you get 100 people to your site, half of what's a really good client or pr perspective or uh, uh, prospects, and if you know 10 of them sign up with your service, then that's a pretty good con conversion rate right there from 50. So yeah. if you times that by a 10 or a thousand, then you'll see a better conversion rate. Well, if only one person signs up or if nobody signs up from that, then you need, that's when you need to pivot and make some changes before doing a bit ad, ad campaign and doing SEO. So stop worrying about traffic and, and think more conversion. That, that's yes. what we're saying. And, quality and that's, quantity. Yeah. Yep. and that's the same thing with social media. Like people pay money to just get likes. And a like isn't anything. Like you can you can practically pay people to like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And oh, you'll no. find some of these offers in, in online. Yeah. There's stories about like popular Instagrammers who have millions of followers and then they try to sell something and they barely make any money, barely barely any sales. So yeah, it's all it's like the the hollow, shallow traffic that isn't going to convert it and isn't paying. It's not worth it. It's There's no use of getting bigger numbers. I've had that mindset with what I do with my site at joshhall.co because I, I'm in a market that's very oversaturated, online learning with web design, yeah. but I've made a good living at doing this because I focused on quality over quantity. So I have some competitors who have YouTube channels of millions and millions of views and hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Well, my channel is doing pretty good. I have closing in on 2 million views and 19,000 subscribers, but that's not much compared to my competitors. But I have a really good- Yeah, but was the conversion and yeah. I you have a, have a really lot good of followers. Of students. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like good followers, followers. good yeah. followers, not cheap, you know, worth, not, I'd say worthless, worthless followers, but technically like on paper, they wouldn't be worth having as- They're not doing business with you. So yeah, yes. they're just looking yeah. like, it's like window shopping. Yeah, they're taking it's and kind grabbing, of, yeah. <laughs> not investing and engaging. If you're a brick and mortar 
And that's like the equivalent of window shopping. People are just passing outside, but they're not getting in the shop to ask about something or that's a good point. Check something out. It'd be like, yeah, it'd be like having a uh, post or pre-COVID. It would be yeah. like having <laughs> a shop right on like Fifth Avenue where everyone's walking, but then have it like no one come in and make a purchase. Yeah, exactly. They just see, they just see your, your window. So yeah, that's exactly what most people are doing. So going back to the web designer's reputation, <laughs> what can we as web designers do to actually, I don't know, fix this issue? Well, I, I mean, kind of what I said initially is what I would echo right now, and that's just to do a good job and care about your clients one step at a time. Don't worry so much about getting a ton of traffic, like we just talked about, and a ton of leads. Just focus on the one lead that you get that week or the one referral. Now, you do need to market and need to innovate, but the good news is you don't need that many clients in web design to make a good living. Uh, I actually firmly believe being in the States, you're in Canada, most of the people who are my followers are in the States, UK and Australia to where the, the you know, we really don't need more than half a dozen or uh, maybe a couple dozen to 50 clients to make a really good income, which should be very freeing because if you treat them right and you do really good business with them and you focus on recurring revenue and not, not to milk every client, but to really get as much out of them as you can and give them as much value as they can, that's going to alleviate the stress of having to get a new website done every day or sold every day. Yeah. Uh, and there's also for the client, that should be something they look into as well. Like does an agency have a, thousands of clients? They're not going to get treated like they would have a solopreneur just has a couple dozen yes. clients. It's yeah. a much more personalized experience, <laughs> which most people want these days. So, so think about, am I going to be a number on their list or am I going to be, you know, uh, yes. one of yeah, the no, VIPs? Exactly. They're going to know me by name or am I just a number on a spreadsheet? Am I client 72 or client 1,000 or yeah. am I client, you know, like 30? Jim uh, Morrison like, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I really, that's the cool thing about the personal aspect of all this is, again, for the web designer, all we need to really do is stand out by doing a good job and caring and just keep on leveling up ourselves and investing in ourselves and learning. Uh, and as long as we're there for our clients, it's going to make all the difference. And one one thing I heard recently, which res really resonated with me, is that 1% of your clients will pay you 10 times as much as the rest of your clients. Maybe even a higher percentage would. So how many people, how many of us focus on projects and type of clients that are just the low hanging fruit? And then we have our really good projects and our A clients who would pay us a lot of money and would probably pay us a lot more money if we offered more value for them. But because we're stuck in these lower clients, we're not able to service them as well. So I really thought about that. I Over the past few years of my agency, I focused on the A clients, offering better SEO, better content, and better stuff that they needed. And it took all the stress and pressure off me because I wasn't having to get 10 clients a week. All I needed to do was to get one or two clients a month because I was able to focus on really good clients in my A clients. So... Yeah, and that's in any industry. Generally, your clients, a very small percentage, would be willing to pay a lot more for your services if you offer them more value. So focus on the top you know, 10, 20% of your best clients. So offer a personalized service, more value. Um, it's like, I think I'm shooting myself in the foot because we're sharing a lot of internal design secrets with our customers now or our clients. But um, one thing you mentioned, uh, caught up my attention because we sometimes we look at things as recurring income 
but the goal isn't to milk the client. The goal is to actually deliver better value. And this issue sometimes with the clients that they don't see their website as I call it a living organism. Uh, they see it as a one-off and many people don't even think about the website care, maintenance, security. Yes. And backups, guys like backups. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I often get calls when the crisis hits. <laughs> yes. And that's where, again, going back to the idea of starting this relationship, it's going to last a long time. It's going to happen with web design because I've had clients that have came, come to me and they're like, our old designer, I don't even know how to get a hold of him now. Like they're just gone. They just disappear. They never email back. We have our website, it's hacked or something and they're screwed. You know, there's a lot of points where I feel like a lot of web designers where that bad name came from is because they tried to milk clients as much as they could initially and they don't take care of them for the long run. But what I would challenge all web designers to think of is, you know, would it be better to try to milk a client for, uh, you know, like $5,000 for a project and just have it be a one-time thing? Or would it be better to do a really good job for this client at like 2,500, but yeah. then have them be your client for 10 years? So exactly. in that 10 year, if they're paying you a thousand to 2,500 every 10 years or every year for 10 years, then that's going to be a much better payoff and you're going to be able to service that client much better. And it's going to be better for the client too, instead of just trying to get one really big project and then burn them and then, that's bad for your reputation. It's bad for you just as a person to do a bad job and, you know, try to milk somebody for all their worth with their budget. So, uh, yeah, just that's, it's a much better mindset to almost take it smaller, but then make it last a long time. So from the client's perspective, you need to be looking for somebody who can give you a personalized service, someone who's got integrity. Uh, it's not just the technical part. I know that sometimes it's hard, for you as a client to, to find all this information about the person that you're about to hire to do your website. But as Josh said, look at the uh, testimonials. And uh, like, if you go to Google Maps, like, you know, and look at the reviews there, and it's easy to tell because sometimes if the reviews sound like they're copy and paste, or if you have a lot of repetition that looks like the person just got their friends and family to leave reviews, it's easy to spot. Uh, but the good reviews and the original and let's say like genuine ones would also you'd find them mentioning the person or a person within that agency, if it's an agency. Like you always find, hey, you know, Paul was really helpful when we started this project. Like no one is actually forced to put somebody's name in there. And many people would just do five stars and not even write anything. Right, right, right. But the fact that they went on and they wrote something personal tells you something about the person who they worked with. Yeah, you just, as from the client perspective, you have to trust your gut, particularly when it comes to looking at reviews to see if, if they're valid. And then also just with the agency or with the web designer or the team, just trust your gut on how you feel about them because your gut is always right. Uh, and one thing I would say too is, you can also just ask, like if it's a if it's a freelancer you're thinking about working with, just ask them about what their vision is for the company moving forward. Like, you want to make mm. sure they're going to be there in a couple years. Or yeah, exactly. They're not just 
Because they, yeah, they, they thought it makes a bit of money on the short term. Right. Or hear about like, do they have, do they have they surrounded themselves in a really good network? That's one reason I, I'm launching my membership right now is I have a membership with an amazing community of my, a lot of my students and this amazing network of designers. And one reason I wanted to do that for them was if a web designer is stuck or they don't, they can't take this project on, but man, I'd like to have a referral source for them or to have like, you know, somebody to send them to. They have this network of amazing designers yeah. that I brought together that's with them as well. So you want to, as a client, you want to see what their vision is and if they have something like that. Um, and I know, so like just a few months ago, I sold my web design agency and, and moved to being a course creator full time. Well, my clients though, I, my whole thing was I did not want to burn my clients. And I didn't yeah. want to say like, peace out clients, never going to hear from me again. I'm I out. Was, <laughs> it, it was, I cried. Like I, that was a very yeah. hard decision for me to, to hand off my clients, but I knew that I couldn't serve my students well and serve my clients well at some point. Um, but what I did was I brought in somebody as my CEO who was very communication and client driven. And I knew he was going to take good care of the clients and he would actually be able to offer more value because we combined our teams and we really created a nice plan to, to build the business. So for my clients, I just was very open about what I'm up to with yeah. this side endeavor that went full time. And I told them, you know, I want to make sure you're in the best of hands as well, because a lot of my clients did sign up because of me. Uh, but then I made sure to link them in very carefully with with Eric, my CEO. And from a client perspective, a lot of them have been stayed very, very satisfied. We've had a very yeah. low rate of people who ended up not staying with us. So it's been great. I love working with Eric. He's brilliant. Hey, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, man, I'm telling you, man, we got a dream team. You and uh, Eric and a lot of the people that we yeah. have in our network. It's yeah, it's awesome. Like this, it's actually great. Place. Rarely, yeah, there's rarely a situation that we're going to encounter that we can't find somebody to, to help or to pass that work on. And it's brilliant. I, I think we, I don't know if we said that off camera. I have a short memory. You probably know that. <laughs> it's the age. Um, <laughs> but it's way better than using something like Facebook groups. It, yeah. It's it's secure. It's safe. You can like, you know, you're going to, you're not going to be judged. And um, you know that you can openly share stuff because it's not, I don't want to say that it's not public, but it, it's kind of, it's public within the people who are in the group, as opposed to the whole of Facebook that has yeah. uh, 1 billion or more. And I will say too, one, uh, to switch it up, just kind of go back to like the bad name of web being a web designer. A lot of it has to do too with just communication. Yeah. And the quote that I've really stuck with for years is the quality of life will depend on how well you communicate. And that's true in every area of life, but particularly with clients, that's huge. It's huge ongoing during the client process and, and, and website design process. It's also huge right away in, in the onboarding process. And you have to be very responsive and allow time to be able to get to people. You can have some good funnels in place to weed yeah. out clients who aren't a good fit or are looking for the cheapest option. But for somebody who is a qualified lead, you want to really nurture that and you want to be very urgent to, to get them on board and you want to respond to them quickly, do a proposal as quickly as possible. Because right now, like um, we have a, we had a company that did some trim work on our house and we want to get our back door replaced. And it's already been three weeks and I have not heard back on a quote on that. Yeah. And I've, I've texted them three times and they still haven't got it. I'm like, I, I'm about to... Look for somebody yeah, else. Look for it's taking else. too long to get it, just to get a quote. Yeah. Oh, like you—you you reminded me that uh, earlier on, uh, you know, when I was in the Middle East, and there were some 
times when I would beg a company to send their contract. It's like, you're approved. We like your work. We spoke to your team. You know, that, that happens with web design as well. Sometimes yeah. with agencies that have a separate sales team from like, if you're a freelancer, chances are that you're the one who sells and you're the one who delivers. Uh, maybe you have a couple of people on your team who are working with you, but for the client, they only deal with you. That they, they never speak with somebody else from your team. But if you're an agency that has like 10, 15 employees, the chances are that the person you spoke with who sold you uh, the service or who closed the deal with you isn't the person who's going to be working with you. And yeah. this sometimes can lead to friction or uh, incompatibility another, with the personality or something like that. That's another good point for from the client perspective, like when you're talking with an agency in this case, you know, find out about their different teams because that is a big one. A lot of people will love the salesperson. Then they get started on the project and they never talk to them again. Then it's like this, you know, developer who's not a nice person yeah. that they're dealing with. So that's a big part too. Like you want to find out about the team if that's the case. And I would say from a designer perspective, because I understand you get busy, it's hard to keep up with proposals and stuff. But if that is you and you can't keep up with getting back to people on time, you've got to make some changes now. You've got to put some filters in place to weed out the amount of leads that are coming in to make sure they're qualified and you're not wasting time on people who are never going to buy. And you also just need to schedule your time better. Uh, yeah. As long as you get back with somebody within 24 hours, even if it's just to say, hey, haven't had a chance to work on this yet or we're working yeah. on it, that's great. It's a no, it's a no update notification. Uh, I do that all no. the time. It, it's yeah, kind of... It's a great way. I know sometimes you sit and say like, oh, I'm going to look bad now because I'm you know, past the deadline for this part or whatever. But actually people appreciate your honesty. If you say yes. like, just be honest, say... Look, I expected to finish this yesterday. Something came up and it's taking a little bit longer, but I'm working on it. It's going to be fixed. Yeah. And I, I usually will be like, oh, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I usually tell people like yesterday I was fixing some shipping options for someone, somebody's WooCommerce website. And they had a problem with people who are not shipping to their own address. Like I buy a book and I want to send it to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And that part wasn't working well. And I didn't I had no clue, you know, how long it will take me because I thought it's just like the regular yeah. WooCommerce fields. And then I realized uh -huh. whoever built their website for them used custom coding. So I had to go fishing inside code to find gotcha. the part that's responsible for these fields. Gotcha. So what I told the client, hey, it's going to take me a little bit of time to learn which part of that custom code controls this area, but I'm going to let you know today. Yeah. It's, you know, it's once always, I find out, it's always better from a designer and developer perspective, to just be honest and open about stuff than being silent. And then it to yeah. creep up. And then, cause if you hadn't said anything and you're a week late on something, the client's going to be like, I never heard from you. Amber. like, what's going on? Exactly. And then if you say, Oh, by the way, I don't even have anything done for you. It's like, well, then it's really bad. Whereas if you just said, Hey, I'm working on something that, getting a little delay right now and you're a priority. I just, we need to get this done first before we dive into this. They're going to appreciate that. And most clients are very understanding. As long as you get the project done within the deadline, like the little deadlines during a project can be, you know, a little wishy-washy. Yeah. Um, you'll have some, you'll have some wiggle room on those. So as we're saying, this is a relationship and it's an ongoing relationship and any relationship has two parties. What do we want in our ideal client? So as a, as a web designer, like what do I want 
and expect from my client. Yeah, it's actually probably a lot of the same stuff that we talked about from the client perspective, just reverse, like as a designer. So communication, yeah, communication, communication is like both is ways. If yeah. they if they don't communicate well during the proposal process, they're not going to communicate. It's a red well flag. Project yeah, management. yeah. It's a red if flag. they can't get you the right information just during your questionnaires, then they're probably not going to get you content on time. You know, so there's a lot of those things that I realized later on. That I was like, well, duh, I should have realized that wasn't a, a great fit from the start. Yeah. Which in the beginning, you need to get as many people as you can, and then you can start being more selective. But that's a big one. Personality type. I mean. Of course, you want somebody who's going to have the budget to invest in your services and you know isn't nickel and diming you. So you want somebody ideally who's going to be able to to pay you and understand your value. But at the same time, you also don't want to just base it on money. You also want to yes, make sure it's somebody definitely. you enjoy working with. Because think about it, with a web design project, it's likely going to be weeks and months that you're going to be working with them. And then ongoing, you may not hear from them as much as you would initially, but you will hear from them once a month, every couple of months. Yeah, they'll come when they need something changed or when they have a problem. Yeah. You want somebody that you're going to enjoy talking with. Like my best 20 to 30 clients were all people that I enjoyed talking with and were excited to hang out with. Like I would have got a beer with quite a few of them and hung out. Like there's a lot of... you. You you don't want to you don't want people that are going to make you sigh the sigh factor yeah it's like oh this person's calling I did not want to talk to that person think about that I can it's funny because I can tell now within two sentences in an email if somebody is going to be a good person to work with or they're going to be tricky I actually have the same thing with students I can tell if somebody is asking yeah. certain questions in their tone. I'm like, you know what? Maybe my courses aren't for you. Like, here's some free YouTube channels. Here's some free YouTube channels. <laughs> the same thing with clients. Sometimes they would say like, well, why is this so expensive when this is cheap? And I would be like, well, you know, maybe we're just not the best fit for you. That's better, yeah. better to get them out of the door now quick rather than work with them for a couple of years and be miserable. So yeah, personality, budget, of course, is, is a factor, but that probably doesn't even trump the uh, the personality type because if you really like working with somebody then if you help their business grow they'll be liable to invest in you more moving forward so so those are some big ones and you can do the same thing talk you know talk with them about the mission and what their goals are and you can get a feel for them as well like are they just somebody who's blowing smoke and they're going to close their doors in six months or are they serious about their business so that that's a great point as well because I personally invest in my customer success like it it's my I don't know. I'm wired this way, probably because I worked a lot in customer services before. And I usually want, like, I don't want to give my client a good website and that's it. I want to make sure that they're, they're confident to use this website as a tool for their business. It's something that they'll continue to use for the next, I don't know, five, 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and we we can work on it together or even if they use somebody else after the, you know, taking the keys from me. But what I want is I want them to be successful. And for me to know that they have to be communicative. They have to be, you know, um, reachable. Same thing. Like if you're busy, just say, hey, you know what? I'm busy, but I'm going to get back to you tomorrow or something like that. Yeah. Don't leave me hanging with a question about, could be about a piece of content or a feature that you want on your site or an image that you have to send that you didn't send or something like that. Yeah, because the success of a web design project is based on both parties. And particularly in the early part, it is kind of up to the client because if a client delays getting content for a month, 
as the web designer, you're kind of already checked out of the project at that point yeah. because you're frustrated. You lost your mojo because what I found is as a designer, when you land a project, you're really fired up and you ideally you want to try to get as much as you can done in those first couple of weeks while your creativity is fresh. Yes. Because you wait two months to really start it, you're done. Like I remember I had about a two-month window during a project to where if it something takes longer than two months, I just kind of fizzle out. It's actually, yeah. so I just launched my membership and originally I gave myself like four months to really work through it. And it's been less than two months since I really started diving into it and we're live because I know, I know myself, I don't want it to drag on too long. I felt like, yeah. you know what? I got it in a good enough place to go live now, going back to the phased approach. And here we are, we can do it one phase at a time. So I launched it within the two month period. So same thing with web design projects and clients need to have that idea too. And most clients need to know they're gonna have all these ideas for a website and this need they have, and they need to capitalize on it as soon as possible because eventually you're gonna focus on different stuff or you're gonna get sidetracked and you're not gonna get it done, which is the worst case. So business owners, you guys need to do your homework. So a big part of your homework is, I always tell people, and I think we need to reiterate this, um, you don't start your website project when you're not ready. Like, don't let uh, yourself be pushed into doing it, especially when you're starting out. Like, how I see it sometimes, as an entrepreneur, you get an idea. The idea becomes big in your head. You go and buy a domain name. Now you want a live website, but you haven't thought your business process through yet. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't have a plan. I don't, I don't mean like a, a rigid, you know, 100 yeah, pages least- business plan. But, At least you know the needs, you know your goals, you know who your customers are yeah, or who your yeah. customers because if you don't have that information, it's very hard for web designers to give you a good quote. And that's where where a lot of problems happen because you may say, well, I'm not sure exactly what I need, but you know, this package seems fine. And then come to find out, well, this $2,000 website is actually a $10,000 website. That's when a lot of problems happen. So yeah, you got to know your need. And of course, you're not going to know everything. And your web designer or agency should guide you through the whole yeah. process. And they, should, they should help you out with that. So they'll kind of, even a questionnaire, I've had a lot of my students tell me, your questionnaires that you gave us for our clients have made like the clients really think about their project, <laughs> which is the <laughs> biggest How long does it take to fill, Josh? It's not that long. It's two pages. Okay. So. Uh, well, I have a couple of different ones, but I uh, have 10 strategy, questions. So, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Like that's usually enough to really get the client to think, oh, I didn't think about my demographic or well, what is my main call to action? Do I want them to call exactly. or email? So that should definitely help. But yeah, the more you can get done and prepared will because that'll help you determine who's a good fit, too. I actually just experienced this myself. One of my colleagues who I had on the podcast has a remote video team because I'm looking to outsource some of my video stuff moving forward. And I kind of got the conversation started with him prematurely because mm-hmm. I didn't quite know what I wanted yet. And it was kind of hard for him to estimate. And I told him, I was like, man, I'm sorry. I, sh- I should probably should have waited yeah. to the new year because I'm focused on my membership stuff right now. I'm not, this isn't as big of a priority. So it was kind of hard for him to quote exactly. And I gave him kind of half-ass questions and material. And for you as the business owner, you're checking in and checking out and checking in and checking out. Yeah. So the specialist who's supposed to do the work for you doesn't know, like doesn't have the full um, view yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I would have said, okay, I want to, you know, here's the videos I'm producing. I want 
two teasers, one big clip, and here's what I would need from you guys. This is how long it takes me. It would be a lot easier for him to give a really, which we had actually did end up doing that just last week, um, but it took a while to get there because I kind of broke my own rule and wasn't completely <laughs> ready to move forward on that before I asked him the questions. So I kind of jumped the gun. So the same thing with clients, though. You don't want to yeah. jump the gun. You don't have to get everything perfect, but you definitely want to have the main aspects in place so you know what you want to do before moving forward. And have content. I mean, we people think that we're asking them to write a book when you say content. Uh, and some say, some even say, "Oh, but I'm not good at writing." Well, well you're good at talking, aren't you? Just <laughs> if you, I yeah, always I tell people like, if you meet someone in the street and they ask you what you do for a living, don't you have an answer for that? Just take this, put it on your homepage. Like <laughs> it's as simple yeah, and, as that. And again, the web designer agency should guide people through that. Um, but yeah, you don't have to overwhelm yourself because yeah. And honestly for web design for websites in particular, the most of the actual words and content should be in blog posts. So the other stuff should just be highlights. It's just, yeah. just people scan websites. They don't read them. So it's really important to, to not overwhelm guilty yourself. of having so much content on my <laughs> first page. I, yeah, I want to trim that down. Yeah. Trim it down. Yep. Yeah, make those the highlights and then break those off into their own pages and, pot and uh, uh, blog posts. So yeah, that's the big thing too. If the clients do need to be as prepared as possible. It's going to make for a much smoother experience. Yeah, I mean, just a quick intro is what you need. You're just telling the world who you are and what you do. That's it. And maybe why you like doing it. So why, like what? One, one tip too, I don't want to derail us, but one tip for clients when it comes to content is to explain your stuff like you would a five-year-old yeah, <laughs> or an eight-year-old yeah. or even maybe a 10, maybe a 10-year-old, depending on the industry. Like if they asked you, what do you do? Tell them, tell, how would you tell a 10-year-old? Like, yes, uh, yes. you know, for me, it's like, well, I, I help people learn how to build websites. That's easy for a 10-year-old yeah. to understand. Now, if I said, well, we talk about business growth and strategy, and then we talk about uh, you know, website configuration. And then we talk about conversion-based design. If I say conversion-based design to a 10-year-old, they're going to be like, uh. like, what? <laughs> but if I say, I teach people how to build websites that make them money and make sure people actually stay on the website, that's the kind of stuff you need to put on your website. So just a little conversion tip there. Make your content so that a 10-year-old will be, under, be able to understand it. That's an excellent advice because like it's even us as designers, we should always... Not, not just for our website, but for our clients' websites. Because uh, yeah. sometimes they give you the content, you put it there. And, yeah, and you, don't, like you don't it's advise like no them. Yeah, yeah. Like, like hey, no this is too heavy. Or, or Yeah, no one's going to read this. This yeah. is like industry talk. Make it for a 10-year-old. <laughs> we're, we're all specialists in our own domain. So if you're a financial advisor or if you're a, a coach or, you know, a, a yoga, uh, you know, a yogi, uh, a yoga is it a yoga coach? Is that the right instructor. word? Instructor, yoga, yoga instructor. instructor. Yeah. yeah, I call them yogis. But yogis, yeah. <laughs> you know your stuff better, but when you have a message for the public, they're not from your industry, so they need to connect with your message. They need to understand exactly what's what's in it for them. So you have to explain it in a little bit. Like, remember, the website is not made for your competitors. Like, you're not trying yeah. to have a that's a good, <laughs> yeah, that's a good tip for web designers too, because a lot of people going back to the original question of like, why are web designers, have, why do they have that name? A lot of people hate talking to web designers because if you're a business owner and you're a, like a paint shop, 
and you want to get your website done, but then this person you're talking to is talking about DNS and zone records and <laughs> WordPress and SSL security. And you're like, I yeah. have no idea what the heck well, you're, then you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Your web designer needs to talk to you at your level and help guide you to that, do those stuff. Cause some people can talk about that, but not everybody. So to be yeah. very clear about that and you can create funnels on your website, like your homepage to be for the 10 year old. And then your services pages can be for the 20 year old. And then your blog posts could be for your 40 to 50 year olds that know more about this certain subject or, you know, hopefully that analogy was okay, but, uh, you know, you yeah, it's a phased approach. approach. Yeah. Phased it's approach. kind of yeah, a phased every, approach. Everything in phases, baby. <laughs> and the website is a living organism. So yeah. So you business owners, and well, my colleagues, because I'm a business owner myself, <laughs> Yeah. partners and colleagues out there, uh, the message is do a little bit of homework. Don't just jump into it when you're not ready. Uh, don't select your web designer hastingly because it's a long-term relationship. And don't be scared. When I say a long-term relationship, you don't have to keep paying. It's not like marriage. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can always yeah. break free. Yeah, you just you ideally don't want that. So it's like, yeah, if you start using like the dating thing, it's like dating or getting married. You don't start out with getting married. You start out ideally with dating and then engage. Yeah. It's the same relationship with a web designer. You start out like testing the field. All right, is this web designer going to be a good fit? And yeah. then they are. Okay, here's a proposal. All right, engagement. Yep. Okay, I paid them. You know, you're and you're not you're not paying married, the designer when you're not using them, but you're still yeah, maintaining you're, the relationship. Yeah, you're never you're never really married, so if you need to break yeah. it off, that's fine. But you you know you don't want to do that ideally. So you you yeah, want like you know when when you know something bad happens if if you get hacked or whatever, especially if you don't have any maintenance, any annual or monthly maintenance agreement with anyone, and you've decided to maintain the website yourself, and something happens. You want to be able to pick up the phone or send an email to your web designer and, and get some help right away to get your website up and running again. Mm -hmm. so you don't want to sever these ties. Uh, you don't want to have a horrible experience. And so choose wisely. You know, I, in most cases, uh, almost every single case, my client becomes my friend after, like, you know, especially if the local, we, we cross paths, we see each other sometimes in, uh, yeah. in events and stuff like that. It's huge relationship-based business. It's it, there's a no better time than that than now to to really on both sides, to from a web designer and the client for sure. Perfect. So thank you, Josh, very much. I know that you have a hard stop coming, and I uh, I appreciate the time that we're spending together. And uh, yeah, the club is great. Like I enjoy being there with with everyone who's there. Well, it's awesome having you in the membership and then having you up as a part of the team, Amber. I'm, I'm excited that you're doing more now that you're full-time doing this too, because I see a lot more. Before, I didn't I didn't T see as much when you were... Talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, go, I, what are you doing? You're spending so much time doing these things. I was like, yeah, yeah, but I'm enjoying myself. Like, Yeah, you're enjoying yourself. Big contributor, man. I'm really excited for you. And yeah, hopefully this talk... I know we kind of bounced around a few different topics, but hopefully yeah. it was... Uh, hopefully it was there was a lot to pull from for both the web designer and clients too as as uh, entrepreneurs now i have a problem to choose the title for this one like a... <laughs> to be a tough one gonna be a tough one man i'll be curious to see what you come up with <laughs> initially it was do web designers have a reputation why but i don't know maybe i'll see i'll, I'll keep it this way i don't know i'll, I'll listen yeah. to it again and, and decide it'll come to you it'll come to you <laughs> thank you very much josh awesome cheers Amber.